With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. your sitter. Wow. I'm going to crack it Ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show, I am Zach Vikosh, DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. It is Saturday, 4 o'clock, another beautiful Saturday here in Denver, Colorado. We are, of course, the one and only Denver Nuggets dedicated show on Nothing But Net Radio. So if you are looking for the Denver Nuggets takes, you are in the right spot. Let's first introduce our co-host today. All the way down in, well, I don't know. You've recently recently moved Mr. Brendan Vote. Brendan, what's up? What's going on, man? I'm doing all right. Quick story right off the bat. I'm just going to break the ice, get real candid. All right. Went to McDonald's for coffee. I don't think they put any coffee. I think they gave me a full cup <laughs> of icing and milk and sugar. And I'm, I'm too broke <laughs> to throw anything delicious. out. So I have to, I had to finish it. And I feel terrible. <laughs> I feel terrible. How are you? I'm, I am great. These are uh, these are the types of dreams that you too can live if you ever get into <laughs> working for Denver Stiffs and uh, the sports, the sports uh, journalism in general. Um, I yeah, no man. I, uh, I it's like the most disappointing thing in the world. Like when you're like, man, I just need some coffee, and then you clearly get that person who does not drink coffee at all, but somehow got a job making coffee right, right. Um, or or like they're at mcdonald's so of course like yeah they don't they don't maybe they're, they're making coffee is just not their thing i think they were out of coffee i think he got halfway up the cup and he <laughs> was just, like what do i do and he just yeah he's just like just just go with it just go with <laughs> it brendan will be leaving a sternly worded yelp review later on uh in the evening here um all right well we uh as much as i would love to continue to harp on the um the well quality of your local McDonald's. I do not want to end up with a lawsuit, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move yeah, on. Yeah, we can talk about topic. basketball. That's fine. <laughs> right, Denver Nuggets basketball. Even we are uh, we are almost there. This is the last show before uh, before the NBA draft. Next time we're talking next week, it will we will be talking uh, about what the Nuggets did in on draft night. Um, so that is how, of course, we're gonna open up the show. I'm going to ask Brennan, I want to figure out, we'll both, we'll talk back and forth about what we would do if we were in Tim Connolly on our tourist Connolly's chairs, what we would, uh, what our strategies would be. And then uh, we'll talk about a surprise move we think might happen uh, that doesn't involve the Nuggets. Uh, and then after that, a big, some somewhat big news, kind of big news, kind of maybe almost okay confirming news, um, but Kawhi Leonard wants out with the San Antonio Spurs. Of course, we'll talk about if whether or not the Nuggets should be chasing uh, the services of Kawhi Leonard uh, and then where we actually think he'll end up going. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the show. We didn't get to it last week, so we are going to uh, get to it this week, I promise. We're going to talk about Denver Nuggets New Jerseys. They've, of course, unveiled three different New Jerseys and their to- totally new color scheme, um, new icons, a whole a whole kind of rebrand. So uh, I want to talk about that. And then also news yesterday, not not as big as Kawhi Leonard news, but uh, Denver Nuggets news also kind of confirming what we probably already knew. Uh, Darrell Arthur opts into his player option. So we will close out the show talking about Darrell Arthur opting in and what impact 
that has. So that will uh, that's it. That's a, that's a pretty full slate of um, a full slate of basketball topics right there. At least for one hour. So we're gonna have to get right to it. Let's get into the NBA draft. All right, Brendan, you are Tim Connolly. Um, it is it is Thursday, the twenty first draft night. What e- are you doing? Well, first of all, I'm glad you gave me Connolly instead of Arturis because. If I was in the ladder's chair, my feet would not touch the ground. So I'm – he's a tall guy. Excellent. Yes, yes. He is certainly a uh, – Arturus is one of those guys, the minute you meet him, you say, yeah, he uh, he definitely has played, played basketball yeah. uh, at a high level at some point in his and life. And I have not. But anyway, I'm in Tim's chair. It's comfortable. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Um, I had spent a lot of time leading up to the draft writing about the possibility that they use the pick to get off of those contracts – Mainly because I wanted Duncan's fans to be aware of that, you know, as a distinct possibility. But I think somewhere along the line, I forgot that I actually don't think that's ideal. At this point, I'd like to see the Nuggets stay in the draft because there's noise that someone like Bridges may fall. As we get closer to the draft, people are starting to feel a lot better about Kevin Knox. And, you know, Zach, the Nuggets are a team that do have some assets. And there's there's rumors now that that some high level talent might drop. So I'm thinking stay in the draft. I think if, if, if Bridges or, or Shy is there, Shea, Alexander, I should say, out of Kentucky, uh, you think about either drafting him or moving up one or two slots to do so. But also, Zach, I think if someone passes on Doncic and that falls down to four or five, I think you're not doing your job if you're, if you're not making some serious phone calls. Uh, what do you think? Right. Yeah, no, I almost uh, – I very much agree – uh, with your assessment there, I think the uh, the first move that I'm probably making, um, or I'm not even making, I don't know, I'm, I, is is probably the Doncic move, right? That's the thing you're looking at. I'm looking as high um, as as pick number three. I threw this out in our uh, amongst our, our writers yesterday, just just uh, privately that. What if the Nuggets tried to trade Gary Harris and Kenneth Reed and their 14th pick uh, to try and get that number three pick? From Atlanta, if, if Doncic was there. Now, obviously, giving up Gary Harris is a, is a really tough pill to swallow. But the thing about it is Gary's contract is he becomes a significantly more expensive next season. Not to say that it's, he's on a bad deal. He's not. He's actually on a very good deal for the talents you get, uh, which is why he would be a good asset to trade. Uh, but uh, you... you give up a proven player for as, as great as we think Doncic will be, uh, he is still unproven in the NBA, so there's a gamble there. But you, when you get down to it, if you get if you add Fareed into that deal, uh, you get about 20, 26, 25, 26 million dollars uh, savings in cap room. That pretty much solves the Nuggets cap issues because then the next season, of course, they've got the options on Paul Millsap. Uh, they would still have if Wilson Chandler opted in. Uh, if they don't move Darrell Arthur now that we know he's opted in, uh, you know that there's still a, a significant amount of more expiring cap space that comes off next season. So it would really kind of solve their cap issues that they have. They'd get a player like Luka Doncic, who is uh, obviously a, an outstanding prospect. Uh, and they would still, you know, they would still have Jamal Murray. They would still have Nicole Jokic. They would still have Paul Millsap. So if Doncic ends up, if you end up hitting the jackpot on Doncic, um, you get yourself a, uh, you get yourself a, a I mean, a, another championship piece to go with Nicole Jokic, who's a player you probably already think is a championship piece. If Jamal Murray um, develops like you hope him to, then then you're you're talking about a team that could possibly uh, be contending at some point in the in the future. Uh, so that that's the first move I, I go. After that, I'm with you, though. I want to stay in the draft. I don't want to just use the pick to dump Fareed's contract. I think that's just that, man, it's just like the 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 bare, bare minimum that you have to do in this draft. It's it, it's like basically like that. It's 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 hard to say that would be a complete failure because you need to get off that contract. But it would be. Uh, it would be a tough pill to swallow. The thing, though, that I look at is, is like you said, there's players like Miles Bridges uh, potentially falling, potentially being there at 14 for the Nuggets. Um, so I look at a guy like him, uh, Shea. I look at uh, Kevin Knox, and then of course like uh, Mikael Bridges if if they were that that ridiculously lucky, which I don't think they are. Uh, I look at those four guys. If they're if one of them is still there, I take them. Otherwise, then maybe I start trying to package a, a Fareed with the pick 
to just move back, but somehow still pick up, you know, like a late first rounder. That would be my strategy. Yeah, that's a good point. And and also to be sort of fair to the proponents of the strategy, I don't think anyone's really advocating just that straight up swap for the dump. I think, you know, if you're looking at teams like Atlanta and Brooklyn, you know, you're looking at trading back. It's not like trading completely out of the draft. And, you know, something to think about, Zach, and we'll talk about this later in the show is Darrell Arthur has opted in. So, you know, as a team like Brooklyn, are you willing to trade back for a second round pick instead of a trade all the way out of the first round? Are they willing to take both of those contracts on? Um, that's, right. that's something to think about as well. The Gary Harris trade is fascinating, man. I love Gary Harris. I think he's great alongside Nikola Jokic. I think he's obviously a part of the blueprint that the Nuggets have sort of committed to here. But the sort of tough conversation to have, man, is there There are questions about the ceiling of this trio insofar as, you know, Gary's too – he's not long enough to really be an impact defender on the wing despite his great instincts and his great hands in the passing lanes. Murray is not a point of attack defender. Jokic is perhaps unfairly aligned defensively, but he's not great. And if you don't have a rim protector, a point of attack defender or a wing defender, I mean, they're going to need to be the number one offense in the NBA to really compete. So, you know, talking about tough pills to swallow, this is not a popular take and I'm not keen on writing about it just yet or anything like that. But it is possible that the Nuggets have to move on from this core at some point. So if you trade Gary Harris and you get off Fareed, and now you've got Doncic under team control, and yeah, with Millsap coming off the books the following year, maybe all of a sudden, for the first time in franchise history, organization history, you're well set up to uh, to do some real damage in free agency. Right, right, and add that kind of add that next that next piece um, to a, a still very young and exciting core. That's the thing. Like giving up Gary Harris is like we said is is a tough pill to swallow, but. You still have a, an incredibly young and exciting core because you have you would have Doncic in his place and who could potentially uh, be better uh, than Gary, who could potentially be you know uh, a Hall of Fame type of player. I think that that um, he has that type of ceiling. Whether or not he hits it, uh, it, it was, is left to be seen. I do think uh, when you look at him, he is probably the highest. Uh, certainly, I would I, I don't even think it's really close. He's certainly I think the highest floor um, of any player. In the draft, that's a guy that you know. If you draft him, you are, and, and if you you trade a Gary Harris, that's uh, that's either your starting small forward or your starting shooting guard, depending on whether or not you get a point guard to play next to Jamal Murray, or you have Jamal Murray continue as your point guard. But uh, one way or another, that Luka Doncic would be a guy who would be in your starting lineup day one. Um, so, it, again, it, it's just like a, it's it's an interesting move, and I think so. I think when it comes down to it, like. You almost look at Doncic and Gary Harris is, is almost as a wash, uh, potentially even even a little bit advantage Gary Harris because, like we said, he's a proven uh, proven commodity. Right. But you get off of so much money, you know, and that's the thing. And it's because Gary is going to be paid sixteen million, whereas Doncic is going to get like four and a half. You know, so and, that's, there's that huge difference. And Zach, you know, I'm thrilled that Adam Mares isn't on the line with us. But if he was, you know, he, he'd be chomping at the bit here to say. Plus, it's Doncic. Like like you said, the ceiling is Hall of Fame, man. I mean, does he hit that? We don't know. But what this kid has done to this point in his career is unprecedented. So right. it, in the scenario you proposed, which is clever, and if teams are interested, to pick up a player of that, of that caliber with that potential, admittedly just potential, and also get off of money uh, to that degree, you can look at maybe bringing Will Barton back. Or or not, and 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 understanding that you might have more cap space to work with in the future. So, yeah, that's something right. that that I would consider. And I know it's probably not popular with Denver fans right now. Which, to their credit, I do love fence of this core. I do like that the fans are attached to what is growing here organically. Uh, you know, right. I, I I give Nuggets fans credit for that because. However disappointing these last two seasons were, they were ultra, ultra fun, at least in my opinion. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, that's – they're absolutely and, – and, and there's a – they give you a hope. You know, they, there's something to look forward to. It's not just like a team that's uh, got mostly kind of veteran guys who, who still have some some nice moments 
but are, are, are a mediocre or middle-of-the-road type of team. Like, this is a middle-of-the-road team that you look at and you say, this is the type of team that's going to continue to progress uh, into the future. So you want it's hard to just give up on that, especially when they're still so young, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, the future of Doncic is probably bright as well. And at that point, the future of your cap sheet's looking nice, which at the moment uh, uh, is a pipe dream. It is a mess. So that's that's definitely something right. worth considering. Right, absolutely. All right, I'll, 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 let me let's take a shift gears a little bit here, Brendan. I want to ask you now. Um, give me give me a team other than the Nuggets or or a move uh, outside of the Nuggets that you think um, that you think you might see happen on draft night that that people might not be expecting. Okay, so all of the noise from Phoenix is that they're going to look to draft Aiton, right? At least that's my understanding. Um, I think I think they they pull a left on everyone and draft Doncic. I don't know what the advantage of this is, but I you know people have thought that this might be a potential smokescreen operation. Again, I'm not entirely sure what the incentive there is. Maybe it's to drive up value, you know, just to make trade negotiations more interesting. Um, but I you know I I think I think Phoenix shocks the world and actually takes Doncic. At which point I think Sacramento wanting a porter type something far more than Aiton uh, actually looks to trade back in the draft hoping that they, right. they can pick up an injured porter somewhere around seven eight nine that's, that's that would be an interesting thing because you have to you have to make that move you know it, it, it's different if you're a team who's sitting back late and they can they can jump forward um and, and pick up porter uh for them, they'd have to. They would have to kind of gamble on that right now. Which let me ask you this: Do how much? So that was some, some kind of some other draft news that came out. What do you, what do you what do you make of this whole Michael Porter Jr. situation? Because it's like, all right, he had some workouts and they canceled it. Then all of a sudden, okay, now he's going to get some new medical evaluations. All right, it's good to like like what happens in two days? It's suddenly like, you're like, oh yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's totally yeah. good now. You know, I'll tell you what. That's all, all I know to to need to know to be scared. I'm I'm not in an NBA right. front office. But you know what typically doesn't get better with age, Zach, is a, a reoccurring back issue. And right. uh, he's really young, man. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it because really no one has that I've watched a ton of Michael Porter. But right. given that he doesn't necessarily appear to have the highest ceiling in this draft, I you know, I don't think one like so Sacramento, for example, who's rumored to be very, very high on him. I think it would be outrageous right. to take him at, at two, right? He's just too much of a gamble. And if you're if you're so if you're Cleveland, Zach, and you're sitting there at eight, and LeBron's probably leaving. I mean, I know they got a lot in the works probably as they attempt to keep King James, but you know you don't want to end up like Trey Young and at this point Porter. I think with this news are the two biggest question marks in the top ten, and that's like right in their range now. I think, and so if you're Cleveland. You know, maybe Sacramento is is the ideal partner in that scenario if they really are that high on Porter. But listen, man, back issues scare the heck out of me, and that's that's uh, like, and and you're right. I don't I don't buy that there was something so bad that he had to cancel a workout, and then 48 hours later he's ready to go. Right, right, yeah. I I, I look at it the same way. It's kind of one of the, it's like. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I wrote even, even before this news came out. We we did a roundtable, and I wrote. I, that's what I said when we said, "Who do you think is you're worried about the biggest chance of being a bust?" And for me, it was Michael Porter Jr. Because I was like, I just don't know, you know, if, if the guy will ever be healthy. I mean, back surgery, like he had, uh, is is like you said, it's not, it's not something that is just uh, that just kind of you know seems to go away forever. It it always seems to linger around. Uh, throughout a player's career, and now, and, and it's just anytime, like anytime, stuff like this comes up where it's all kind of fishy, and there's this weird. Because remember, at first it was, it was at first it was the story was like, well, only Chicago uh, could could check him out, and, and they would give a medical report, um, or only his doctors in Chicago or something. I don't, right, I don't think it was right. just the Bulls. So and it was like, well, that and that's kind of you know why why would you do that? It's if you never didn't a good have sign. To hide? Right? Yeah, there's right. there's literally right. no explanation unless you're worried about something being discovered. And right. you know, as far as the Nuggets angle on this though goes, Zach, I do wonder. Depending on how high one is on a Kevin Knox, this might be good for them. Uh, assuming Porter is like 
you know, after Doncic, depending on how you're looking at him, like the first true wing type to go. Uh, but he falls back because of the back issues. Like, I don't know. I could conceive of Knox falling a little further now. Um, and that might be helpful for Denver, depending on how high you are on him. But look, man, back yeah, back issues scare me. And and the other thing about Porter is you have Aiton who has an un, uh, you know who had an unbelievable year, has an unbelievable build, and has you know the sky's the limit potential. You have Doncic, who's already accomplished what very few basketball players ever have. So you know it's it's real. I feel like it's really hard to come away from this draft with someone like Porter who's barely played at all. I mean, there's just so many right. questions around him when you've got a lot of guys that have a solid body of work here. Right. No, no I, I 100% um, 100% agree. Um, so let, let me throw this at you because so what I was going to say for, for the team that I think that, that might be surprising is the team that's actually not in the first round at all. Um, that is the Toronto Raptors. Mm. Um, so we there's I mean basically nobody in Toronto is safe right now. Um, they've kind of figured out they've hit the ceiling with this with this core that they have, but they've got uh, high quality players and guys like Kyle Lowry uh, and Demar Derozan. Uh, I I would not be surprised to see one of those two guys get moved uh, on Thursday night. Just be, and somehow Masai Ujiri finds a way to in, in, inject himself into. Um, into this draft because Masai's always been one of those guys. He's always been able to find um, find quality uh, in the draft or talent in the draft, um, even even when it's not even a, a, a you know a high lotto pick or something like that. So um, he that that would be a team that I think uh, we might see a little bit of action out of that nobody's kind of really talking about. And they're, you know, they're probably, they're clearly in somewhat of a desperate, st- like, you know, phase, right? Not right. that firing Casey was like unwarranted or unhinged, but, you know, you don't fire a guy who, whose peers just voted him the coach of the year unless you're, you've reached this, pl- you're this point where you're willing to accept a major shakeup. And, you know, you're right. Like, it's not like, ter- like short of some blockbuster trade featuring their stars for another star. It's hard to see how they shake this thing up and start over um, without trying to like start picking some some more quality draft picks. So yeah, you're right. There, Masai is always a guy to keep an eye on. Man, he's he's quite good at his job. He's quite crafty. He uh, uh, he's always been a guy. Like I said, he's always. I mean, look at look at he. Uh, uh, you got you got Kenneth Reed, who obviously um, not doing so well for the Nuggets now, but. Um, has ha- had a quite quite a good run there with Denver for a while, and he was a uh, kind of a mid to late first round pick. Uh, Evan Fournier uh, was it was a Masai Ujiri pick, another guy who's kind of late in the first round. And of course, this year he gets OGN and Obi, so uh, always somebody to keep your eye on on draft night for sure. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's shift gears here a little bit. I want to talk about the big news uh, of yesterday. Which is that uh, Kawhi Leonard? Not not officially, but uh, it was what, what was it? Shams, right? Was it Shams who was it on? It was the, Shams uh, and Chris Haynes, I think, and and they Chris gave different Haynes. types of reports here, but essentially, you know, with arriving at the same conclusion. Right, which is of course that Kawhi Leonard uh, wants out of San Antonio. Uh, no, the 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 trust has been broken, right? That was that's essentially the uh, the story. So anytime any. Anytime a star comes up uh, in in trade rumors, of course, we've got to talk about whether or not the Nuggets would want to be involved. Should they be involved? So, Brendan, man, I'm going to ask you straight up. Should the Denver Nuggets be uh, pursuing a trade to get them Kawhi Leonard? Well, every team should in a vacuum. Uh, But let's go outside of the vacuum. Let's be some Nuggets insiders here, Zach. They'd have to really pony. There's going to be an arms race here if there's a trade coming. And it's teams that have uh, assets, right? We're talking Philly, Los Angeles, potentially Boston. The Nuggets are going to have to fork it over to get a guy like Kawhi. That means potentially yep. breaking up this core, you know, for a guy who is coming off of a not good injury. Like, I don't, I'm not a medical expert or doctor, but disease tendon is worrisome as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and, right, right. And, and uh, 
and a guy that you don't necessarily know would want to be there beyond is it just next year does he have like a another option year after that i, I uh, he, has a, he has a player option so he could uh after next season he could opt out and be a free agent right so you know we just talked about being willing to move on from this core at some point but in the scenario you you proposed you're talking about a player under key you know team control and money to use in this scenario it's you might lose you know one of Murray and Harris plus Beasley and Wancho and a pick or something for a guy who just bolts. Right. So, you know, I don't I don't consider the Nuggets to be real players here at all, but I I'm sure they'll make a phone call. Right. Uh, the, when I another thing that I was talking about with all all we our writers um, earlier about about when it came this news came up when we were talking trades was I again Gary Harris just because uh, for salary matching purposes he's got uh, a salary that gets you pretty close uh, to what Kawhi will make. Um, and then I, I had Trey Lyles as the other, uh, as the other piece. And then the f- mm. number 14 pick, you could do that trade. So, because when you look at it, so last year, uh, right. Uh, Indiana trades, um, to, 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 who, well, they traded Paul George to, to the Oklahoma city thunder. And in return, they got, uh, Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. So, uh, kind of a really almost very similar trade. You've got like this, uh, this guard, this good, this very talented guard, but who's kind of not, he's not really broken out yet. Looks like he, uh, he could very shortly if he's given the opportunity. Uh, and then you get a, a nice, you know, a nice big young big to go with him. Uh, do you think that takes, uh, pick 14 though as well? Cause I That's do. The thing, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't think Indiana had to, or I don't think Oklahoma city had to give up a pick. Whereas I do think, um, yeah, I, I would think Denver would give up the number 14 pick uh, in the draft as well to make that trade. But uh, like you said, man, it, the hard part to swallow is 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 like Kawhi, you know, I mean, he said he wants to, the rumor at least is that he wants to go to the Lakers um, or just wants to go to Los Angeles, uh, which which is his hometown so that you can get that credit to him. But there's also was talk uh, in that big ESPN article about, about this situation, about how that his team at least is – his his people wanted him to be in a bigger market, so I, I don't know what that means necessarily. Oh come but, on, Zach! Um, Denver you... doesn't work. <laughs> Denver's Denver not does. a big enough. Denver's not good for your star profile. I guess. I guess no, not. It's... Not yet. I mean, it's good though. Like if you want to, you know, just kind of like silently invest in marijuana. I guess you could. Uh, this is right. This is that. This is this is where we yeah. have to be pitching off off record. Uh, yeah. In fridge, be like, yeah. no. <laughs> You have a high a high amount of income that you could invest in a largely rapidly growing industry. Five, five ten years, Colorado. you know, who knows? For, forget an <laughs> right? endorsement deal. This is where the money yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, nobody even has to know what's going on. All very hush hush. <laughs> um, that's perfect for Kawhi Leonard. Like it's it fits his like quiet superstar um a persona you know he's just chilling out here in the mountains nobody <laughs> knows that he's actually just like raking in like he's you know getting 20 million to play basketball and he's making like 300 million as a silent investor look he um, makes like i'm pretty sure his jordan deal was like one million dollars flat oh we joke but you know someone's gonna have some sort of incentive package here that's that's more flattering than what he's got right yeah no absolutely absolutely um yeah i just ah it's hard for me to think that the Nuggets should should chase this deal because we joke, but I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that he actually would stay in Denver. Short of like, if they won the, uh, they'd have to like win the title, right? Or like, right. Um, right. I, I mean, you, you don't know though, right? Because now the rumor is that maybe Paul George will stay in Oklahoma City, uh, but you'd have to have a high level of success, I think, uh, at least you know maybe maybe a, a Western Conference Finals trip. Um, I to, I also to, to I, I don't I don't buy that at all, man. About Paul George, um, yeah. I don't know if you have you do you ever watch Game of Zones by Bleacher Report? There, absolutely. Yeah, the latest one where where Stephen Adams points out like, mate, you're literally wearing a Lakers tunic. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> it's fairly it's fairly obvious. I think not that I'm in his head, right? But uh, I I does don't that, know, man. Does that make you angry that he wants to go to the Lakers? No, uh, just, okay, so like that, Kawhi wants to go to the Lakers. Paul George wants to go to the Lakers. Oh, and then they'll somehow figure out a way and convince LeBron to come to the Lakers. It kind of like, does. It's not like they're the team that like we need to, you know. It's not like the the way they've struggled this decade is warrants any sympathy. You know, there's a million right. other teams I'd rather see figure this thing out before the Lakers. But I, you know, like it, it's, you know, one thing that was sort of brought up when Kevin Durant made his decision 
which in my opinion is objectively infuriating. But we have to remember, sometimes it can be as simple as like, that's just where I want to play basketball. Like not all of these dudes are about their legacies or like competitive balance. Like what if Paul George just really wants to play for the Lakers and and it's just that simple? I think we forget in L.A. Yeah, and maybe he's just grown up envisioning himself in that jersey, and he just feels like he's reached the point in his career where he's entitled to that, you know. And he is. Right. I, I am surprised by Kawhi, though, dude, on on several levels. Really, because that like Kawhi, I get just because it's the, like I said, it's the it's the hometown kind of angle, if nothing else. I, yeah, I guess that's know, so. But just the star profile stuff, you know. It's um. Yeah, that part that part's surprising. It's a good example, man, and. You know, you and I can attest to this in, in a limited fashion and getting to do some media work and locker room work. The more access you get, the more you realize, you know, how little we know these guys and, and right. you know, the identity that the media cultivates, like that stuff can be cyc- cyclical and there's echo chamber dynamics there and it's not necessarily accurate. So like, you know, four years ago, if you told us that Kevin Durant would leave for the Warriors and have burner accounts and that Kawhi Leonard would throw a diva fit. I don't think we would have believed you, but you know, part of it, I think the lesson here might be that, you know, we really don't know these guys as well as we would like to. Right. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we want, uh, intentional or not narratives get, get made, um, about players and about who they are because like you, you want to tell a story, um, at the end of the day. And so you, a story needs characters. Um, and, and and sometimes though that's that's just it the character uh, supersedes the actual person in our mind exactly yeah uh, yeah we don't we don't tend to really figure really where we really get shocked by by stuff like this when suddenly they say a player who's supposed to be a quiet superstar wants to um wants to end up going to L A uh, I want to stick with this I I, I want, here's what we're gonna do let's go ahead let's hit the break um and then we come back. I want to get. I want to stick with this Kawhi Leonard for just a little bit longer. I want to talk to you. I want to talk a little bit more about about where he actually might go, and then kind of like how that affects uh, the Nuggets uh, in terms of next season and, and going into the future. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the, the you know the potential Lakers super team, um, or or <laughs> whether or not the Spurs would actually do that. Um, and then and then after that, we will, we will wrap up the show. We'll get into some Denver Nuggets, uh, just some general Denver Nuggets news and notes that we haven't uh, we haven't been able to touch on yet. At least the, we're not having to touch on those jerseys, and we haven't. Uh, or and then we know now that Darrell Arthur uh, is opting in to his player options. Watch so out, Utah! That, so. Darrell Arthur's back. Watch. That's right. That's right. Uh, the the Jazz Assassin. Uh, <laughs> That's, not, that's actually not a bad should, uh, No, he just needs to get that. some minutes against Utah first. And then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, well, let's hit a break, uh, and then we'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Mikosh, 
Brendan Vajite. <laughs> uh, we are. <laughs> You're never going to see. You should have never told me that on the very first show. Because I'm No, like, I like right. it. Good memory. Right. That's good. It's a good callback <laughs> there, as they say in the biz. In the biz. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, you were so you were so knowledgeable of. Ah, I'm, you I'm did live in L.A. for a while, right, though? Like, yeah. So you were. That's uh, right. <laughs> I'm uh, Hollywood, you're man. You're pretty much. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much a celebrity. Uh, this is the biggest guest I've ever had on the uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Big X show. Um, so we, um, I, I want to keep going on this this uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, discussion, and now we now that we've kind of talked about why that we we both kind of think the Nuggets would not uh, be interested in in chasing after him. Um, where where might where might he actually end up? Of course, there's like we said, there's the talk about him wanting to go to L.A. Potentially the Lakers. Um, but the thing about it is the Spurs are not obligated to trade uh, Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers. The Spurs are obligated to now at this point trade get the best deal they can. Um, Brendan, do you think he ends up going to L.A. or do you think he goes? Uh, he ends up going somewhere else, and then if if so, where does he go? L.A. would be my guess now, Zach. I do think part of the evolution in professional sports has included viewing some of those sort of unwritten rules and and the deep roots of rivalry stuff is I do think some of it's a bit antiquated. I, I think we're at the point where San Antonio should and will simply take the best deal that's available to them. That may mean, though, that they're willing to push Los Angeles more in those negotiations, right? Like we could we could send Kawhi anywhere. So if it's going to go to you, of all people, it, it's going to be Ingram and Kuzma and the pick, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, if it, right, if it right. was if it wasn't L.A., Zach, I, I think it's one of two places. Not, again, I could not have any less info on this, but uh, Los Angeles or Philadelphia would be my other guess. They have uh, both the assets and the talent. And if they make a trade for Kawhi, depending on who they trade and what they do with certain expiring contracts, they could have the room to pursue a guy like Paul George or maybe even LeBron as well. And so you have to you have to imagine that. Um, that is also appealing to Kawhi if, if you know, he, I, assuming he's still a competitive dude, which I think he is. Right, so right. I would say yeah. Philly or Los Angeles. Yeah. Philly or Los Angeles. Very interesting. Very interesting. I, uh, I don't, so that's, that's what you got to beat, right? Or at least you got to be able to beat Brandon Ingram. Cause that's the, uh, that's the obvious, uh, piece from the Lakers that, that would go, go back to the Spurs. Right. Um, in a Kawhi trade. The thing about the Spurs is they're kind of like, they're still like need to be in a somewhat win now timeline because, um, because the fact that they're still going to be paying LaMarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol, um, quite a bit of money. Uh, here and they, the they've a couple seasons. Another way of looking at it though, Zach is if the rumors, the, the longstanding rumors, they're not new that Popovich will hang up, you know, hang up at, like after the, the 2020 season, um, you know, with Kawhi headed out of town, perhaps the Spurs just start looking at full rebuild mode, you know? I think the window to giving Pop a team that's good enough to beat someone like Golden State, like, I, I think the Godfather offer in this Kawhi situation is something that's built with an eye towards the future. Like, I don't see a scenario in which they get star players back and they're ready to go. So I wonder, man, if for the first time, and and really the majority, if not the entirety of my true basketball fandom, that the Spurs hit, you know, go full yard sale here. What if they went the other direction? What if they trade Kawhi to Cleveland uh, and get LeBron James back in in return? Why don't we, why don't we just do that? You know, and then that way Kawhi can go play. Cleveland's like basically going to lose LeBron anyway, so they just get Kawhi, you know, and and see if that works out for a season, and then and then we that's like, but that's what it takes, right? Like that's the only. Uh, right. The right. only type of deal that you could give Pop to be like, all right, they they still have a shot um, at chasing this at chasing this title. Not that I, I don't know that that LeBron with a little Marcus Aldridge and, and, and Pau Gasol is going to be, um, you know, going to be much better than what he had. We say that, but he was inches away from Game One with Jordan Clarkson and Jeff Green. So you never know. So. <laughs> I mean, it, it really <laughs> might be Smith. Oh boy, yep, it really might be enough. Honest, honestly, and and you know it's. A, this, I mean, look, I, I don't think it'll happen, but it'd be a lot of fun. And this is not a revelatory take, but imagine LeBron, you know, with a coach who's an equal basketball mind and a team that that right. wants to play basketball the right way. I do think at this point in LeBron's career, you're going to have to 
pry the ball out of his cold, dead hands. But I do think he's willing to share the ball and play with dudes who are willing to play the right way. And you'd have to think that San Antonio would at least be a fun experiment, if nothing less. Right, right. Yeah, it would. Um, it would certainly be interesting. I always, I, th- I think about you know if Kawhi Leonard, uh, like you said, if he's not coming to the Nuggets, it's like one of those times where it's, this is like a, yeah, this is like Nug life. Um, <laughs> you always, you always. Nuggets are never like they never are trading for the star, but they're always like, well, maybe we can be that third team that helps. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, <laughs> it's the epitome of Nuggets. Yeah. That's how we're we just get like, involved. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like it's right. It's like that. Like you're like at that party, and there's like that circle of cool kids, and they're all talking to right. each other, and there's like no space to like kind of get in there, but you kind of want to. So you kind of like you know you kind of like shimmy your way in between no, two that's people that's but, a oh. perfect analogy because in the sb nation watch draft you know our our twitter account was recently dm'd by the sites of uh of charlotte and and utah i'm new to sb nation zach so i don't know their names uh, so whatever but <laughs> proposing a three-team trade but the nuggets role in this trade was basically helping utah get kemba and it's like an exchange will take for which in your analogy is yeah sure you can come to the party uh, like you're not right. going to be our, we might not hang out with you. You're, we're going to charge you for beer. Um, but like you can come, you know, <laughs> like, right. but that's, right. the, that's the extent of their invitation to, in these, in these types of events. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, well, uh, one of these days, man, one of these, these, these days we're going to, we're going to have our 15 minutes of fame uh, and be the cool kid at the party. Hey, Doncic and, and, and Jokic, man, if, even if they're not any good, that's a, a league pass alert right there, you know? Let me let me ask you this. I want to – real quick. Um, if that happened, if they got Jokic and Doncic, throw throw at me what, it, what what is the nickname for that duo? Oh, man. It's it's something involving – there's ob- obviously there's some sort of Serbian joke. But the itch, man. There's something about that IC, that Eastern European itch. Someone, someone much cleverer than I must has to do some good work on that department. Right, right. Um, I should point out that, that that Doncic is actually Slovenian. Not that's the, true. That's true. You should Serbian, point that out. So. <laughs> and I should point out that I'm an idiot. But <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah. No, I would. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, you figure we we could just like recycle some Yusuf Nurkic, Nikola Jokic nicknames, but there never were any. They wouldn't. I don't. I don't think they called. What was that? What was the use of it? It was like a. It was it was a somewhat insensitive reference to Bosnian Serbian conflict. If I do, <laughs> I remember. I think I, well, I think they called the Yurkic was what. Uh, okay. Cause, uh, I might have a different yeah, one some, in mind. <laughs> I was like, where did you? I don't know where where you were reporting on this from, Brendan. Yeah, Lee. I wasn't in some, Denver. Yet. Some different sources than I. <laughs> uh, than I on this. Um, but uh, yeah, so I remember it was like uh, you know when they first. Well, they first came out uh, and, and they were playing together uh, in their in Jokic's rookie year. Um, announcers didn't know what to make make of it, and they could never seem to get it right. And they'd always end up calling one of them like Jokic or you know some some sort of combination of that. So I, I don't I don't think that works in this scenario. So we're gonna have to come up with something better. Uh, if it was the Doncic and Jokic, we'd have to. You know what? If if our if the if, Itchy Brothers, I think if this is, I think this is a testament to why that's a good trade. If this is our biggest problem, is coming up with a nickname. <laughs> the basketball would be good. That I'm confident. Absolutely, that would uh, that that we don't have to worry about. All right, well, I, well, I, we got to get into the we got to get into this Nuggets um, this Nuggets news and notes section because we do have to talk about these brand new jerseys. It's uh, it's like one of those huge things, right? Or it's it's supposed to be one of those huge things, but I think now it's like. All right, this is kind of like the third year in a row the Nuggets. Yeah, it's losing its steam, isn't it, Zach? <laughs> right, right, exactly. We're like, how many times? How many more times are you guys gonna play this card? Because you know, we we appreciated. Listen, I appreciated the hors d'oeuvres uh, and and the uh, the open bar yes, there I, at, yeah. the, at the at yeah. the jersey unveiling. It was a, a excellent event by the Nuggets, and and they really uh, they really went all out for us. That was re- that was really cool of them um, to do. So that was awesome. But. Uh, um, at least, and I think the other cool thing this time, I guess, is it, this time they really did go all in with the with the jersey redesign, right? Like this is a totally new, um, a totally new design. I, I really like the jersey, Zach. I'll just say it flat out now before you ask me. I don't, I don't need my jerseys to be noisy or flashy, personally. And right, I, right. you know, there are little nits you can pick. Perhaps the red lettering on the white isn't what I would have gone with, but like right. th- these are clean jerseys and. 
to the point you were just making, this Mile High City one is a major, major departure from anything they've really gone with. So in, in that regard, it's, it's certainly fun and different uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Mile High City one is obviously the one that, that pops the most because it's um, you know, it's a completely new uh, new type of design um that that we haven't seen it and it is very it's it's very you know simplistic and it's in and i think in their approach but you got the and you got the like the skyline on the uh, on the belt there it's a uh, uh, it's certainly my favorite and i certainly like the i i like the color scheme i think that's the, i mean that's the big change right yes we've, yeah. we're, we're done with we're done with baby blue um we're back to a a more 90s uh style color scheme and then that mile high city is really a 1970s it's kind of a uh the the color scheme at least is very similar to the um to that of the the maxi minor uh jersey back in right the, right uh, sure. back in the 70s so that's kind of a cool thing and it also of course mimics the colorado flag which is like i was thinking about this like how crazy is it it's taken this long it's i know taken this long for for a Colorado team to finally decide like, yeah, we're going to rock the Colorado I know. flag colors. And I was thinking about that as a transplant, man, like the, the Nuggets colors. And e- even before I was a Nuggets guy, um, just sort of watching the team from afar in, in Jersey, those colors never made sense to me. I didn't like dislike them. I just, then you'd watch the avalanche play and then you'd see the Rockies play. And I just had no clue what the, the theme was here, you know? And I just feel like, right. Uh, I'm with you, man. I, I think it's hilarious that it's sort of taking this long, but they just make sense. They they feel like Colorado if if you'll allow such a, a fresh transplant to to say so. Right, right. I, I will certainly I will certainly allow uh, allow that. No, no native uh, bumper stickers here, uh, <laughs> even though <laughs> even though I am actually a native. Um, I you know I I, I think that. Um, I mean, I get it. Like you know, the, or at least the story, of course, is the Broncos' uh, colors are based off of the sunset, of, off of a, a Colorado sunset. Um, the Rockies, of course, the Purple Mountains. Uh, but but yeah, it just seems like so so obvious. And the Nuggets were obviously there, pretty much there back in the '90s. They had a little bit. It was more of a gold color than a yellow, um, and a, and a kind of a, a darker blue. But they, they they had that theme of of this yellow, red, and um, blue as their as their primary colors. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to get go back to it. I don't think, you know, like a lot of people were like, oh, it looks like a Cavs jersey. Um, I don't think that. Like, I mean, you could pick any, like every single set of colors, every single combination of colors. Right? There's only so many colors. Ugly, <laughs> right? Like, I guess we could have, I was, you know, it's funny. I was just like, I guess we could have gone with like orange and brown. And I'm like, oh, no, then we would have been like, oh, you guys look like the Cleveland Browns. Right. Like, it's, you know, who, even, you even know, the most terrible combos. I'm pretty sure red is a fairly popular color. Like I, I don't think I don't think Cleveland <laughs> Red, gets to blue. claim an entire primary color, dude. I don't. Right. <laughs> there's only so many options, you know. Right. Exactly. That's what we, we they literally went with the primary colors. Okay. Like you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't claim them for one team. That's, it's hardly intellectual property, you know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, I I like it. I I I mean I'm biased because. Because I I grew up in the '90s, so that's like my nostalgia thing. That's how they get me um, right there. Is because of the uh, with, with the colors. I like the I like the little the mountains uh, on the on the side of the shorts. I think that's kind of a cool little detail. Um, it, like you said, it, it's a clean look. Uh, it, it, I I've, I've liked where they've been with the the different colors on the between the lettering and the numbers uh but i always thought it looked weird especially two years ago when they had the navy on the light blue and then the i think it was a white up on the top it, it looked kind of just off-putting whereas this uh on, on this jersey i i actually kind of like it. i i do get where you're saying about the red letters um on that white jersey but uh overall i think i i think it's a good look i'm, I'm excited to um I'm excited to see them, and I maybe you know maybe I'll even go out and buy one of those Mile High City jerseys. I just I'll wait till after I'll wait till after the draft, figure out who's still on the team. There you go. You never you, you never know. You it's like when you go out and buy that one jersey. It's like my dad, man. I felt so bad for him. Um, he was like, yeah, my I uh I I went out. To, uh, this was this was last season. He was like, I went out and got uh, a, a Nuggets jersey for. Uh, for my birthday and this was like uh you know this was like in september so it was right, right about this before the season was gonna start in a second i got gallinari uh that's gonna be awesome and i was like ah 
Yeah, Gallo's probably not going to be back after next season, Dad. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure NBA.com is offering jersey insurance, though. Have you seen this? I, think, I have yeah, not seen this. I think it's like it's not a great deal, but I think you, if you pay like a flat fee, or it might even be included now in any purchase, you get like six months. And if a player if a player leaves, that's where we're at in the NBA. <laughs> the store needed a, a contingency plan. <laughs> right. Exactly. We gotta like insure this because it's people. Nobody wants to buy jerseys anymore. Yeah. People, yeah. Players are going everywhere. Uh, I could, uh, I could, I can, I can see it. That's kind of cool. I might uh, may, then maybe I will if they can. If I can, maybe I can get me like a uh, a different a Nuggets jersey and not worry about the player. I'm pretty be, sure Jokic is gonna be around. So yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I already have. So I have a Jokic. Uh, I have one of the white gold um, Jokic jerseys. So. All right, you know what? Let's let's go ahead. We're getting close to the end here, so I want to get into the final final bit of news, um, which is the uh, the news that uh, Darrell Arthur ends up opting into his contract uh, with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, his final year of his player option seven million dollars. Uh, Brendan, I mean, you, we had to kind of see this coming, right? Oh yeah, there's this is what uh, one would call a a smart business decision by Mr. Arthur. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Go ahead and get your checks. And like, as much as I'd like to see Will Barton back, uh, you know, good for good for Darrell. Like, right. it, I I often find myself, you know, harboring some sympathy for players who are sort of chained to the end of the bench because most of these guys are competitors and they want to play. But then I go on Spo Track and I I see the guaranteed money, and I'm thinking. <laughs> good for them i, I don't need to feel bad for them at all they're doing they're, a, they're doing just fine that's a pretty sweet life for sure um yeah i it, it makes perfect sense for for me from da because here's the thing like uh, would he get another contract if he opted out maybe but it's almost like guaranteed to be uh, a one-year deal for less than seven million dollars so uh, you know, I most it's a, it's like a two year deal, but there's a team option on the on the back end of it. So like, and, and you know, it, there's there's no way he's getting uh, anything better than one year, seven million bucks. No way, it's just not going to happen. No way. Uh, even if he got a two year guaranteed deal, it's still the total stuff. Uh, honestly, Zach, if if he bucks. hit the market right now, like he would be lucky to catch at, at like much above the minimum. And I'm I'm not. That's not like slander. He just he doesn't play very much. He he in a a bad injury history, like the best of Darrell Arthur's right. basketball is behind him. And I, and I don't, I have nothing against him or anything like that. Um, he's a great guy as far as I've dealt with him, but that's just like, I think right. the reality at this point at age 30. Yeah. So I think so as well. I, I, he's a guy that I could see, I could see going into coaching. Um, yeah. That'd be interesting. Any chance they can convince him to do that now? <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Can we we'll still pay you the seven yeah. million? Uh, he'd be the highest paid, like highest paid coach in the NBA. It wouldn't be on the salary cap, Zach. That's but it would, yeah, but it wouldn't be on the cap. So, yep. Considering yeah, they wouldn't give Chris Finch like an extra hundred grand, that's probably wishful thinking <laughs> on my end. <laughs> they gotta pay it either way. So you that's know. true. That's true. I don't know if they know that though. <laughs> You're right. Right. Um, no, so it, it's a, it, like I said, it, it's, a, it's a smart move on, on Darrell's part. You kind of had to see it coming. Um, it is, uh, it, of course, he does it before draft night. Wilson Chandler, we still don't know what he's doing. And I think that's because Wilson Chandler uh, could still get, obviously, would still get uh, a contract out on the open market. Probably would get, I would think, would get something like, like a two or three year deal uh, for around $8 million. Uh, bucks a season so he would still potentially earn more could guarantee himself more money you know over the long term i would i doubt zach that he would catch more money at this point but i i do think if it's anything comparable it's it's a distinct possibility uh, i i think chandler has enjoyed his time in denver but in my opinion zach th- in my rookie season there covering the team there was a clear dichotomy between uh malone guys and carl guys and I would consider Chandler to be in the latter. And while I would never right. label him as like poisonous or anything like that, I, I would certainly consider him to be a type of dude who might be willing to leave two or three million on the table to play basketball in a place where he's more comfortable. Um, he wants to play a small ball four. He does not like to spot up shoot. It, it didn't look like he had a ton of fun this season, man. And so right. you wonder if that's if that's enough to motivate a guy at this point in his career 
but I would be surprised, man, if someone offers him uh, a longer and, and ultimately uh, more fruitful deal than what he's looking at. So do you think you do you think like because I could see somebody offering him a two year deal at eight million per season, which is four million year uh, less than what he would get right. uh, per year. But he would guarantee an extra year. So essentially he guarantees himself 16 million in salary. Uh, versus the 12 million so he actually because that's the thing when you get about older players like i certainly think if somebody was going to offer him a three-year deal he'd have to take it uh because as an older player like if you guarantee if you can guarantee that money and lock it in now like you do it especially a guy like chandler who's had hip issues and even i think he had um he might have had some hip soreness come up once i season i can't remember just eh, we probably shouldn't do this but reckless speculation hour i wonder if that played into (laughs) his uh inconsistencies man i know there's a lot to factor in with wilson and and he's always been sort of a tough cat to pin down but he played his best basketball out of the all-star break and that doesn't surprise me for an older dude with some hip issues and then about two weeks later as he started to slow down we he missed a game with soreness uh, it, it might right. be unfair of me to infer so much from one missed game, but I, I, to your point, like I do think that will be a factor in his free agency. I think teams are aware of the possibility of a sharp drop off here at any moment. Right. Yep. I agree, and I and I think that's why, like I said, if you can get any sort of uh, longer term deal, like he would have to do it. But I think the number one reason he hasn't opted in as of today. Uh, or out is because he like why would he do it before the draft like if he waits till after the draft then the Nuggets have to get his permission if they want to use him in a trade because he has to opt into his deal right uh, so he effectively has like a no trade clause um, that he can use uh, with the Nuggets on draft night he doesn't have to opt in until the 29th which is, of course, a week after the draft will be over. Soon. Plus, it's possible that Wilson just doesn't want to think about it yet. You never know. Right. <laughs> right. He's just like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm just he's probably just hanging out somewhere. Yeah, he um, just doesn't know. Vegan, just doesn't vegan know. food. Yeah, he's just chilling. So let's kind of the closing thought, I guess, I'll do this is going back to Darrell Arthur now. Now that he's in and talking about the the draft, now that he you know he's in and and he is uh, available to be traded, would do you think that's a guy that the Nuggets are going to try and shop? Uh, or essentially, you're shopping his contract is what it is a seven million dollars of expiring uh, money. Is that something a type of deal uh, that they that they're going to look for maybe at the draft or yeah, just during yeah. the season? Absolutely. I mean, they're going to want to try to get off money. He's going to be a little easier to get off of than Fareed. He's certainly the type of guy that could be involved to uh, make the money work in any sort of draft night trades. Um, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason to pay him that much to to contribute what he has these last two seasons. Right. And I don't think that's a mistake. I don't think anyone is, would be surprised to hear that and or anyone feels differently. So. You know, he's another guy, man, like Fareed, it may take the pick or trading back. I wonder if even if they don't get it done on draft night, Zach, if if just move it like just as an expiring deal. Again, those teams like Brooklyn or Atlanta who are in rebuild mode, ready to take on expiring deals for middle of the road assets, a la Malik Beasley, watch Hernan Gomez. Right. If the Nuggets can move Darrell without having to, to give up too much, uh, I, I expect that to happen. Uh, you know, they just need the the right team in the right cap, you know, salary cap situation to be willing to play ball. Right. Right. You look at a team like uh, a team like Atlanta, uh, for example, who will have to pick up, you know, Atlanta is not going to be like a big player in the free agent market. Right. Um, they don't need that space. Season. Right. Right. They don't need it. In fact, they've got to, they've probably got to fill up a little bit of, I, I don't That's have, correct. A, I'm not going to do yeah, the math right do. now just yeah. to hit the floor. Um, so like a, a guy like Darrell Arthur is like perfect for that. All right. We are out of time. Uh, and we got through everything. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, Brendan is, all right, Brendan, you are on Twitter. You are at B V O G T four, two, two. Every time I do this, I realize I should change my handle. It's, it's very hard. B V O G T B vote four, two, two at Twitter. It's got a nice ring to it. it though. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a cheer that we should, you could like get some, some girls with some pom poms. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just the right level of narcissistic for that. I could we'll, get on board. We'll pitch it. We'll pitch it to the dancers. We'll see what they say. <laughs> um, and, 
I am at Zach Bikash. So if either of you, uh, if anybody out there wants to uh, get into a fight with us and buy us <laughs> plane tickets, we are we are available. Um, at Denver Stiffs, at NBN Radio. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, at The Denver Stiffs. Make sure you're also following us on Facebook. Give us a like uh, as well. And if you are listening to the podcast version, uh, we would appreciate if you would subscribe and leave a rating. All right, Brendan. Uh, appreciate you being on, man. Hey, thanks, man. Anytime, dude. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.